welcome back to episode four in our Let's Talk About Sex series. Today, we're chatting with Nisha Gill all about sex after birth. Enjoy. Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with And welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. I am loving this series so far. I really hope you are too. We are up to episode four now, talking all about sex after birth with Nisha Gill today. She is a wonderful, holistic, perinatal and birth trauma practitioner. So she's been wonderful. The first two episodes, if you haven't already checked them out, are with me solely talking as a women's health physio, helping you understand all the changes that have happened in your body during pregnancy, birth and postpartum, which may affect your sex life. Then I talk about all of the amazing strategies you can try to try and improve painful or uncomfortable sex. So definitely go check those out if that feels like it applies to you. And episode three is with Nisha, all about women and pleasure. So again, I highly recommend you go check that out because so much about sex is about pleasure and welcoming in pleasure and not just in sex, but in your everyday life. So I do recommend you go check those out. If you haven't already, today we're jumping into sex after birth. Now, I have spoken about this in episode two, but more from a physical point of view, whereas Nisha really dives in today the emotional, social and relationship aspects of it. And it's such a beautiful conversation. I think it's a conversation that all pregnant and postpartum mamas should listen to today. So it doesn't have to be for those women who are having troubles with sex. I actually think what we speak about today applies to all women regardless of pregnancy or birth status, I actually think it applies to all women to have these conversations with your partner because they're really, really important. And if you want to go check out Nisha and chat to her more about this, she does offer a range of beautiful services. So you can find her at feminine underscore instincts. So definitely go check her out. But today what we cover is the broad concept of just understanding what does sex mean to us? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to your partner? What boundaries might you need to put in place for sex after birth to factor in things like healing and recovery and adjusting to a new life and a new lifestyle and new demands on you physically and emotionally and socially? What does your body feel like after birth? And thinking about what you really, really want from sex and intimacy and really importantly, why what we call PIV or penis in vagina is not the be all and end all and how it's really important to understand what, yeah, like I said, what sex means to you and really trying to pull back what you want out of it and having these conversations before birth so that it's so much easier to navigate after birth if say penetrative I always get stumped on that word, penetrative (laughs) sex. If that's a problem for you, it's so good to have had these conversations beforehand so that you know what other ways you like to be pleasured, what other ways you like to be intimate because it's not all about putting something into the vagina because that can be such a sensitive and vulnerable place after birth. So I think this is a really important conversation to have. So it's all about asking these questions before birth and you know, making sure we understand what is 
you know, our priorities and what do we need to meet our own needs and what do you need to feel loved and adored? So we do touch on love languages, for example, and I think that's a really cool exercise to do for yourself and for your partner as well. So I think you're going to love today's chat. And if you do love Nisha's vibe and you want to hear more from her, remember she has done that beautiful 30-minute bonus track for all Pregnancy Posse members. So if you're a Posse member and you haven't checked that out yet, go and check it out. It's awesome. It's all about settling back into your body, regulating your nervous system, something that I think most of us need a little bit more from today. So you can go find that at thepregnancyposse.com. If you want to come and join our membership, it is over there living, thriving. We have a beautiful community of mamas. So if you're pregnant and you want some guidance from me and a beautiful community of women, regular weekly workouts that are safe during pregnancy, all sorts of guidance on preparing for birth, managing pelvic floor symptoms, then that is the place to be. You can check it out at thepregnancyposse.com and you can trial it for seven days. But women, let's get into it. Let's chat about all these important questions and topics surrounding sex after birth. Enjoy. So let's talk about sex, Nisha, because really sex should be filled with loads of pleasure. But unfortunately, we know for a lot of women, that's not always the case. And um, particularly after birth, we know that women can have a lot of troubles. And that's not just for after birth, certainly during pregnancy, certainly pregnancy. It's not just for those women postpartum. But let's talk about the women postpartum. This podcast will be going into the ears of a lot of pregnant women and a lot of new mums. So it's highly relevant to them. But can you just talk us through what issues may arise for women after birth that may disrupt or maybe change the way that they feel about themselves sexually? Mm, mm, mm. I mean, you know, Laura, I can't think of anything that rearranges a woman more than birth does. I mean, we're born. (laughs) Yes, that's a big event, us being born. And then we, we will die at some point in our lives. But in between all of that, I think, you know, having a baby is kind of like a huge, huge um, experience for any person. And um, it's not just a physical, it's a emotional, it's a psychological identity, energetic, all those components. We're kind of wide, blown wide apart. And then somehow all the pieces have to come back together and, and they take their time mm. far longer. I, I consider postpartum months and years, not just the, the six weeks. And, um, you know, this expectation, especially with... Um, like the gynecological check at six weeks okay so that's the green light to get it on again you know and that's that's kind of the um, benchmark that's been used and then so partners might have the expectation okay she's going to be back in the sack or whatever (laughs) whatever that sounded a bit crude but you know what I mean Um, and bodies take as long as they take um, and there's always going to be that um, that fear, you know, so maybe there was a lot of pain, maybe there was tearing, episiotomy, whatever, and the healing process takes time. And so when it's tender to touch, are you going to be inviting something, some object, some being into that very tender part of your body when you're not even sure if you can touch it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't your body want to react and protect you? So this that's one level where there's that reactivity that starts building up and when there's not clear communication when there's shaming this pressure and all these things um, between partners 
then that whole thing becomes bigger, bigger and bigger. The elephant just grows, you know, and um, becomes such an issue until it's addressed. But there's all the other things like sleep deprivation, like some people will say they feel touched up. However, we can't generalize because I've had clients who've said, I, my libido just shot through the roof postnatally. So I did want sex, but, you know, but X, Y, and Z. So just um, being very real about what is going on for you, your body, your, your emotions, your ability to just um, orient to another human um, does it feel uncomfortable to have arousal when you're when your nipples are leaking breast milk uh, all these things um, but also being really clear about what is getting in the road or your turnoffs your breaks if you like in that um, sexual engagement and what are um, the accelerators the turn-ons what makes you want to be able to connect and then there's also um, bodies are going to respond differently I know that for my body I had a few pleasant surprises post um, my first baby you know things got shifted around yeah they felt different down there but I also didn't get period pain anymore my breasts were far more sensitive and erogenous post breastfeeding so all these nice surprises came along eventually maybe not in the first six weeks but you know not having these set ideas that it's all going to be difficult either what is real in the now and can my partner be with that and if not, why not? Are we so acculturalized around sexuality? Is there only one way in their mind to do sex? And that's PIV or penis and vagina, assuming a hetero couple here. Mm. Um, or is there this huge playground between the intention for some loving connection us, through our sensuality, playfulness, as you said before, and then all the way down this continuum to all those other things that can happen all the way to PIV sex. And you may not want PIV sex for many months, maybe years, but mm. is that a problem? And for whom is it a problem? Why? How can we work around it? Yes, um, no, I'm not available for this, but yes, I am available for this. You know, that's, mm. that's a conversation that needs to be going on. And where does our idea of sexuality really come from? Where is it around family of origin, you know, any religious, cultural, other things, uh, friendship groups and all the stuff that goes on around that. Can we recreate ourselves? To me, it's, it, it, you know, both pregnancy and the postpartum were opportunities to really experience my body in a whole new way that I didn't know was possible. And the nuance and the, again, the slowing down and plumping up each moment does sex equal orgasm or can we just actually enjoy the lushness the connection heart connection the heart and genital connection maybe with a partner what does it feel like to even touch myself like in my genitals my my breasts um, places that did feel pleasurable in an erogenous way in the past are they feeling very different like a huge exploration of course this is on top of having another little being to care for the sleep deprivation the exhaustion and all, all those pieces but that's the that's the beauty and chaos of having a young family and 
that's what we embrace because again it's not that linear thing we can tick this box okay baby sleep time sorted sexuality peace with husband sorted or partner should i say you can't you just can't do that right more and more is get into parenthood it just gets thrown on its head so yes i i love everything that you just said i think there was so much gold in there i think when you mentioned about being curious and like exploring your postpartum body and sensations i really love that because i i know a lot of women a assume it's going to be worse after birth i.e their vagina will feel looser or worse or you know it's always in a negative way or you know their yeah their body will feel worse they will feel you know plumper in certain sections or looser and it's always often spoken about in a bad way but I like the reframe you've just put on that with don't label it good or bad but just what does your body feel like now like you said you might be pleasantly surprised that there might be things that feel better there might be sensations that feel better and I think that's really cool for pregnant women to listen to right now rather than assuming something will be damaged or broken or worse than after birth what if it's not that and I think that's a really cool reframe for people to wrap their heads around and be curious about it so rather than going into sex after birth and thinking you know what you know where was I and I assume you're going to be less than or worse than just go oh this is cool like what do I feel now and how does my body feel now I really love that I think that's really empowering and when you were talking it what it was really screaming at to me was communication is so important and we know that but just to really really hone that point in is that sex is really just like physical communication but you can't skip the verbal beforehand particularly when there may be barriers after birth so communication like you said about what does sex actually mean to you what does sex mean to your partner does a good sexual experience equal an orgasm or does a good sexual experience equal you know piv um or does it not have to be that like what could you still enjoy without that if that were to be a problem so I'm just wondering Nisha what conversations because this would be really great to grab people before they have a baby so that they can really be prepared ahead of time what conversations do you think couples should be having during pregnancy and before they have a baby yeah good good question there um yes and they have to preempt all of this because i think um you know i i know that for some couples that when i worked as a doula the, the male partners oh actually the female partners the birthing person was adamant they didn't want the male partner at the business end as they call it because they didn't want them to be put off sex mm-hmm. by seeing their body stretch or their vagina stretch so wide to let baby's head through I thought wow this is the most miraculous magical moment that these people are missing well they still they still were in total awe of their birthing partners but you know like because of that 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 fear of being rejected and that there's all this cultural stuff around how our body should look how our vaginas our labia should look all of this needs to be really reevaluated in a very big soul searching kind of way because there's so much that's just about repression again mm. and um so coming back to the questions they could be asking is yeah what does sex mean to you and how would you feel um 
if we can't have um, penis and vagina sex in a hetero couple for quite a while and what is okay uh, around taking care of your own needs or being sort of involved in a different way there's many different ways sex can be done you know there is absolutely no one way anything from use of pornography like how do people actually feel about that maybe for the postpartum mum that might be that might not be um, such a negative while it might have been in the past because it gives her a little sense of not feeling that she is not being able to be involved in that supporting her partner's sexual needs in some way but it also means that their relation if she gives that permission that there's a level of trust in a way that this is just a container and it may be just a container for that time and then they move on from that but you know there's also there's there's much um, more ethical pornography these days and than not so whatever whatever that person's um orientation is that's for them to work out but if there are some very strict and defined ways that are okay and not okay i think then when they're traversing new territory they really need to try to unpack that beforehand because it gets so busy postpartum they may not mm. have that time for that conversation as much as what makes you feel adored and loved as a, a partner whether it's the birthing mother or or their partner what makes you feel you know not shame what sexuality means you know is it just a physical act is it the heart connection is it everything put together does it have to be penis and vagina for the person to be satisfied are there other ways um, assuming a male partner here or the female partner uh, you know what will feel like they're being loved and having some level of their needs satisfied is it okay for whichever partner to satisfy their own needs I mean to me it's a no-brainer because our connection with ourselves comes before anything else and in that process you know how do they do it one partner might gravitate to pornography what are the boundaries around that what are what's comfortable without being very pres prescriptive because one thing in this whole discussion we don't want is blame shame guilt because that is total killer in any kind of relationship but yeah. just an opportunity um to voice what they feel really feeling um, trying to be um, willing to unpack is it just conditioning is it just because it's been done like this since they were 13 and therefore that's what's worked for them but are there new ways that they could enjoy that they might be willing to explore what is this vast playground around sensuality and sexuality and slowing things down where one partner just receives the other partners um, you know in the role of just giving and mm. then swapping and see what that opens up for them because mm. they're often places people haven't gone to in a partnership mm. and can open so much safety and just a, a new way of looking at each other and um, mm. one of the things that also crops up in this space is some of our attachment wounds so you know if there's that sense of abandonment or rejection um, if our needs aren't met in a certain way that can certainly play out in sexuality and uh, sexual relating and so 
being open about that and just airing it in a really gentle, non-shaming way where we start with um, phrases like, I feel, but not in a blaming kind of way, I feel and yeah, I understand it maybe, you know, just something I'm carrying from my past childhood conditioning, whatever, but being really tender and open because this is this is a hard space for everybody you know the postpartum where they're trying to rediscover who they are in relationship in relationship to their little one um, in relationship to society because everything's shifted the ground's completely shifted under them so how do they recreate that and to me it's an opportunity it's not like they've hit a brick wall and there's <laughs> no way out to me it's just time for creativity the creative had to go on and feel our way through this through our bodies through our hearts rather than these old shoulds uh you know all my friends do it this way and they talk about having sex five times a week and that's normal all that crap let's just put it out there yeah. <laughs> and out to to see because it's not real. And how many, how many people are completely honest anyway about their sex lives? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I love the way you frame it though, because I think it's it's so positive how you're framing it. And I think again, just as a society, we're told it's this negative thing, but I just love how you're framing it. Like it how, what an amazing catalyst to have a conversation about do we actually like having sex the way we've always had sex? Because you know, it really prompts those sorts of conversations to then happen. So it could be this amazing catalyst to really enhance your sexual relationships. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. And just touching on that, because I had a conversation with my girlfriends on the beach last week about this, because I told them we were doing this podcast interview. And we were talking about, majority, for us included, a majority of women we know, sex once a week or once a fortnight seemed to be the going you know, norm. And I think that was so cool to hear and discuss openly. And again, everyone's very different. There's no shame if that's completely off where you are. But for those women who do think everybody else is having sex five times a week as a postpartum mom, and it's just not often the case. So I think a lot of the time we have this assumption about other people. And it was just really cool to talk about it with my girlfriends in this like really safe environment where we're like, no, 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 that's never happening in our house. And another thing just to share with the women listening, a conversation we were all having is that because a lot of my friends have kids that are a bit older, is they found that it took like a good two years for them to really get their drive and their libido back. And again, I was like, that's so like, I'm in the thick of having babies right now. So I haven't ever really got to the two years um, to two year window. But I was just like, I feel like more women need to hear that for a lot of women, it takes two years to really feel that energy kick back in. And that's okay. And that's mm. normal. It's not this six-week check the box where we're fine and we're normal. And we also have to question, do we want to go back to what we were? Because like you said, we've been through this amazing transformational change. Why are we trying to be the person we were beforehand? That's the, the, I'm sure you've heard the term matrescence, but that's that whole matrescence journey transforming into a new woman. Um, and I, I think it's so powerful. Now, in, in speaking of motherhood chat, something mm. that my girlfriends and I talk a lot about, so I know this is common, I know you've talked about it before, but is that whole shutdown mechanism that a lot of postnatal women do where, and for those who don't understand what this is, my interpretation of it is 
you know, your husband or your partner might come up behind you and give you a cuddle and it might be completely innocent. They're just giving you a cuddle, but you might tense up and shut down because you think you might future trip and go, I don't want to have penetrative sex right now. And if I embrace this cuddle, maybe that's going to lead down that way. And I'm not interested in that. So therefore I shut down that intimacy straight away. I've certainly been there. My husband will vouch for that 110%. But is this something you see a lot with postnatal women, this shutdown mechanism? Yes, totally, totally. And, you know, it's very unconscious. It's a a kind of a nervous system protective response as well. Um, Becomes coupled with loving touch, intimate touch. Uh, And um, because of past experiences where that's one thing's led to the other, that doesn't mean that this is the situation in the moment. And so the more that groove becomes entrenched the more you know the shutdown occurs because in a sense it's um just being on guard and bracing against um the intrusion of a penis into a vagina when that vagina is still very tender so Mm. it's uh, it's not even a conscious choice sometimes but when it becomes like a trigger it becomes coupled with say loving touch and that's where it's important to notice and do something to reverse that through conversation through um, some tools to help regulate your nervous system and just take a moment to breathe and notice pause and notice that reactivity that's going on and 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 I think the conversation is really important because then the partner can help them address that nip it in the bud before it does become a kind of a more entrenched way of interacting because you don't want that because you know touch soothing loving touch is going to be nourishing anyway it's going to be part of what you need to help you just thrive a bit more in that postpartum time and who doesn't want a, a nice kiss and a cuddle just to get that oxytocin flowing um i mean yeah some some mums especially when they're breastfeeding a lot feel kind of touched out and you know again really spelling out it's not about um about the partner and it's not about rejecting or not wanting them it's just at this point their bodies need something different and so what is that different thing that they need what could they do because I think a lot of partners like a little script I'd like to be able to fix and um, all those things rescue in some way rescue the situation anyway and yeah how can they have some of their needs met so they're you know they're part of the whole soup as well because if they're going to end up broody and in their shell that's not going to help the whole family either so really knowing what their love language is like is it verbal appreciation words of affirmation is it just loving touch whatever it is you know there's uh, five love languages but I'm sure there are more than that essentially Mm -hmm. the nuances of all of that and um I think you know once again it's it's a deep dive and a sort of self-inquiry this whole transition to parenthood and to maybe having more children than one having to spread the load but also spread the attention Mm. invariably the partners can feel a bit left out or you know if they're not knowing where to fit in and to be part of you know the central uh kind of 
part of the family dynamic because mum's breastfeeding she's kind of just totally immersed in baby care but where does the partner fit in mm. of course they often the providers etc <laughs> but in a more heartfelt way where the, where do they fit in if the, yeah. it doesn't come naturally to them how do they find that groove for themselves absolutely I think all these are such fantastic conversation starters for women to listen to this and then go home and have these conversations with their partners to hopefully mean that you don't have that tricky period postpartum or at least to be prepared for there might be friction points that you can then talk through and just I think honing that communication is so important I love that you touched on the love languages because I think they're a great conversation starting point I know a lot of women joke about well I'll be more inclined to have sex if you put the bins out and that's really just their way of acknowledging how they feel loved and adored and looked after Um, and I think it's about making sure you're on the same page with understanding each other and what it takes to make your partner feel loved and adored and it will be different to what it takes for you to feel loved and adored so yeah I love that so much I feel like I could talk about this topic all day but I am conscious (laughs) of I do want to talk with birth trauma with you but before we move on to that I just want to tell all the women I, I really loved this quote that I pulled out of some of the work that you do and I think it would resonate with a lot of women and it was when you were talking about sexual relations you said let's involve more of a being with rather than a doing to because that will create more trust and connection and I've put a note here in capital letters love this because I just think let's think more about yeah being with each other rather than doing to each other and I just think that's a really beautiful um it's a really beautiful sentiment for women to think about um post birth Hey mamas, I really, really, really hope you love that episode and it gave you some really good conversation starters and questions to firstly ask yourself around what sex means for you and also then to initiate a conversation with your partner. And you know what? A lot of you may already be on top of this. You may have already had this open dialogue with you yourself first and then your partner secondly. And it may not be an issue and you might listen to this episode and think, you know what? I've got this down pat. We're going to be fine after birth. You know, we've got this conversation rolling, but I know for a lot of women, you're going to listen to this today and think, you know what? I really need to start talking about this with my partner before birth because, you know, I don't want it to be a problem afterwards. I want it to be smooth sailing. I want us to have this open communication where, you know, we have already addressed any potential issues before birth. So I hope for those women It has really prompted some great questions and some conversation starters to have with your partner. I think it's such an important topic to be talking about. I know a lot of women put a lot of pressure on themselves after birth to have to return to some sort of, you know, sexual life function activity that they were doing before birth and it doesn't feel in alignment anymore. And I think that's where it's really important to get curious with your body again and go, you know what, my body is not less than. It is just different and it could be better like we spoke about in the episode. Like it's about being curious about, oh, what do I like now? What feels good now? What doesn't feel good? And just adjusting. It's not worse. It's not, you know, less than. It is just different. And I think that's such a beautiful way to reframe it. And even just to take the pressure off, you know, having something in the vagina equals sex. It doesn't. Absolutely it doesn't. And I know that... So many people still think that that's what sex is and it's not. And I think that's where it's really cool to stop, sit back and reflect on what sex means for you. And maybe that is a really important part of sex for you, having something in the vagina. But for a lot of women, 
that is a really sensitive part after birth and they don't want anything in there. And that's cool because it's a really good time to reflect on what else do you like that doesn't involve that? Okay, so I really hope you enjoyed this episode. You can check out Nisha at feminine underscore instincts. We have had four episodes now in this series. We've got one more banger left and that is all about birth trauma and sex. So that is a really great episode. If you are someone who feels like you have been through birth trauma and you now you're navigating life after birth trauma and how to return to having sex because that can be a really vulnerable and sensitive activity to return to when you've had birth trauma so it's a really beautiful episode this is a real specialty of niches to work in birth trauma so make sure you subscribe to the pregnancy with physio laura podcast so you don't miss out on that episode and a reminder that if you do want to access that bonus audio track from nisha that 30 minute beautiful track about settling back into your body you can find it inside my online pregnancy membership the pregnancy posse go and check it out at thepregnancyposse.com Wherever you are today, I hope that you're having a wonderful day, doing something for you, filling your cup up, and I will see you all for episode five next week. Stay tuned. Enjoy, ladies.